That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Was anyone except Ron and Hermione going to believe him, or would they all think he'd put himself in for the tournament? Yet how could anyone think that when he was facing competitors who had had three years more magical education than he had, when he was now facing tasks that not only sounded very dangerous, but which were to be performed in front of hundreds of people? Yes, he'd thought about it. He'd fantasized about it. But it had been a joke, really. An idle sort of dream. He'd never really seriously considered entering. But someone else had considered it. Someone else had wanted him in the tournament and had made sure he was entered. Why? To give him a treat? He didn't think so, somehow. To see him make a fool of himself? Well, they were likely to get their wish. But to get him killed? Was Moody just being his usual paranoid self? Couldn't someone have put Harry's name in the goblet as a trick? A practical joke? Did anyone really want him dead? What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, the show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 17, The Four Champions. This whole chapter is just the fallout from Harry being chosen as the fourth champion in the Triwizard Tournament. Everyone is mad, but apparently it's a magically binding contract, even though Harry never had the option to sign on the dotted line or not. So he simply must play, so everyone's even madder. No one believes Harry didn't enter himself, not even Ron. So at the end of this chapter, Harry is in danger, emotionally overwhelmed, and alone. Poor sweet baby barely even has a line of dialogue in this entire chapter, for fuck's sake. Please somebody help him. Welcome to the restricted section. You are now magically bound to us. Sorry. <laughs> um, you can opt out. It's uh, it's a magically binding contract. No consent required. You belong to us now. <laughs> I am euphoric to be joined by my diverting friend, Andrew. Say hello to the listeners, Andrew. Hello, everyone. And Tina, quick question. Are there any consequences ever stated at all? for breaking this magical contract that I've now been entered into. Well, you see, it's it's like just magically binding, so that's the consequences oh, oh, that you're bound to How it. silly. I forgot that it magically... Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Thank you, thank you. you. Okay, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you're, you're like magically bound to right. it. Right, it's so a that's... magically bonding... Co- gotcha. Right. And I mean, wow, poof, if you want to talk about consequences, just... Well, you can't. You'll never know because you're bound. I mean, it's a magically binding... I, I can't believe I forgot that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we are very excited to welcome back our beloved friend Michael Boothby from the Movie Night Crew. Hi, Michael. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, pretty good. In the three days since I saw your face last, and everything has changed. Wow, it's a whole really? New world. No, no, nothing changed <laughs> at all. <laughs> That'd be wild. Imagine if it did, though, and be like, "Wow, what happened in those three days?" Well, we're so excited that you're back. Yeah, has any? I mean, Thank what you. have you been up to since the last time you were on this pod a couple months ago? 
Me? Yeah, you. Oh my gosh. Um, I bought a condo. <laughs> As you all know, the, yeah. the background's changed a little bit. I'm, I'm no longer at my uh, my sister's apartment. She's not even at her apartment anymore. She moved in with her boyfriend. Good for Ooh. her. Very big move. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, I got a house, doing all kinds of housey stuff. Uh, as I was saying before we started, guys, I'm not, I'm not a very, uh, 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 a DIY guy, you know, so I have this condo and I bought it and there's like nothing in it. <laughs> and like the walls are all like fucked up. Man, and, I yeah, wish, like I would love to live in an apartment that was almost empty. That would be like really? such a huge relief to me. Yes. Really? The burden it- of all the shit in my home drives me crazy every single day. See, I, I get that. I totally get that. But also, it's like, when I go to your place, like, for movie night every week, I'm like, oh, this is a home. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, people live here. There's memories here. Like, I walk into my place. I'm like, am I squatting? Like, do I even own this place? As my grandma oh my says, you can really feel the love in my home. She only says that because Sean's her favorite grandchild. Yeah, yeah. He's like, wow. She's like, wow, you really found someone who would buy you a house, which is all I ever really wanted for you. Really? Oh, <laughs> that's adorable. I love that. A white dude with money. That's all grandma ever wanted. <laughs> I'd write that song. That's a, that's a fun song. That's, a, that's all grandma ever wanted. It's, it's like a Bo Burnham song. I'd, yeah, I'd write that. I'd vibe with that. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> well, before we get to the chapter, we're going to read some owl post from our beloved friend, Mots. Um, Mots wrote a little bit of a shorter email. It's more of a joke than anything else, but I'm still here for it. Mots says, greetings. Imagine a muggle-born returning to Hogwarts for the new year like... So I discovered this really awesome thing over the summer. It's called True Crime Podcasts and dot, dot, dot. They go on to make a wizarding radio show inspired by True Crime Podcasts documenting and solving all the mysteries that take place at Hogwarts that year. They call it Only Murders in the Castle. I feel like the true crime genre would thrive in the wizarding world, honestly. Also, I really want a Harry Potter spinoff series about some random magic person solving wizard crimes. I hope you all have a lovely day. Bye. I love that. Have you guys seen that show, Only Murders in the Building? No. no. What's, what's that? Oh, oh my gosh. It, well, it is a very excellent show that I think several different people have plugged on this very podcast starring Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez as three random neighbors who start a true crime podcast together about a murder that happens in their apartment building. So it's called Only Murders in the Building because they only cover murders in the building. But Only <laughs> Murders in the Castle, that opens you up to a lot of different murders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, buildings are very different from castles. Yes, this castle in particular, I think, like, you would be, especially with, like, the backlog of murders that you could get into, you know, like, you could really talk Mm. about some historical murders in the castle. Right, it's like talking about the difference between, like, murder at, like, the Dursleys, murder at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. Eh? Eh? Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Come on, guys. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Please just insert insert a laugh track for my self-esteem. Man, with Andrew and Michael on the same episode, I really do need to warm up my fake laughter. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm just going to go... Go cry a little bit. I'll be- I don't know if that I'll be back was in like five minutes. I don't. I don't know if that was the best compliment I've ever gotten, or like the sickest burn. <laughs> Why not, Why not both? both? It's a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so this chapter is the four champions or the fourth champion. What is it called? The four champions. The four champions. Yeah. I, I know. No, I know. That was a test. And and the illustration is just like Harry is just like standing shocked looking at his own shadow. Yes, in the scholastic um, yeah. illustration. The scholastic uh edition that has the chapter header illustrations that is what yeah. it is and it's very sad i'm like staring at it yeah it's kind of like that's what it got i got the page up in front of me yeah. but uh it does kind of set the mood it definitely sets the mood for this chat like harry doesn't really talk it's mostly harry just being oh shocked he's the whole so time present and then he's like kind of traumatized too and then he gets back to hogwarts and like all he wants to do is like i want to talk to my best friend about how fucked up this is and then everyone's just cheering him and giving yeah, him shit he doesn't want he goes to bed and his best friend's like fuck how'd you, you do it yeah. he's like fuck you yeah he's like and then he just goes to bed. it's uh it's just it's so classic harry he's such a victim of circumstance yeah I, yeah, I would have to contest one thing there, though. He's not kind of traumatized. He is full-on, like, pulse-pounding in ear traumatized. All like, the time. Yeah, yeah, he dropped the D for a T, and it's not good, like... <laughs> what? What? That doesn't spell right. Yeah, I need a U in there, too. Trauma? Drama? Oh, yes, okay. No, that... That, that was... Okay, I'll allow that joke. <laughs> um, the, your spirit was good. Yeah, the Bloomsbury Illustrated Edition has an has an illustration with a similar tone. Like the first illustration in this chapter is Harry standing by himself against a wall of portraits, some of whom are ostensibly whispering about him, and he's just like looking at the floor. <laughs> which 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 version was that? The Bloomsbury wanna, Illustrated Edition. I'll text. You, I can text you a picture. Yeah, please. Yeah, I want to. I want to oh, see Andrew that. Oh, Andrew has it. In this picture, especially Harry looks really young. Like, normally in these illustrated versions, like, he looks younger, but in this particular one, like, he looks like a child. Like, he looks like a small child just standing with portraits, obviously talking about him behind yeah. his back. Well, and also, I mean, he is not in a lot of the illustrations, in the Bloomsbury Illustrated really? editions. Yeah, because he is, like, the vessel for the story. He's not, like, what's interesting about the story. So the illustrations yeah. are all of dragons this i mean i'm flipping through the pictures i've taken of this book there's like really nice some really nice portraits as characters come up because there's so many characters but yeah he doesn't pop up a lot sorry i've been having them um disgusting deep winter coughs for no reason today <coughs> i think it's those nice i smoked a pack of menthols last night coughs yes that is what it feels like but for the record i haven't smoked a pack of menthols uh since in at least like five to six years i actually don't remember i remember there was like a six month period that i switched to smoking newports and my voice made me sound like a damn r&b singer or something it was just Dude, low and blah, 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 newports blah. newports were extremely cool where we went to college that was the cigarette mm -hmm. that was the first cigarette i ever really smoked in fact was oh. in newport <laughs> yep yep it's like your first newport. drink being like a i oh, i don't even know like a martini like something that's just alcohol and not fun yeah it's like everclear huh. it's like making yeah, your first like a, drink like, like sipping everclear sipping everclear yeah like this that sounds is really awful. good yeah Whoa. um anyway don't smoke kids and if you're gonna smoke smoke a nice pleasant 27 don't smoke a newport <laughs> Smoke weed. Just smoke weed. weed. Just that's what I <laughs> just, meant to say. I'm sorry. Just quit I tripped. It. Quit smoking that tobacco. Yeah, smoke head some on cannabis. Over the, head on over to the wacky tobacco. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Get a little wacky. Get a little, Get a little wacky. Weird. I have to say this. I just I just got this illustration, and like it kind of creeps me out. It's like real creepy. Yeah. I, his face looks creepy. He's like he looks like so traumatized in this photo, and then like all of the fucking people in the pictures are like staring at him and like talking shit, yeah. like just like gossiping. Ooh. If you want to see this illustration, I posted it on our Instagram this morning. Sorry, we've been talking about it so long. Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. I just I don't know. I think it's it's I, at least when I read these books when I was young. I always like really look forward to the illustrations, you yeah. know, because it kind of because you didn't know what was happening next. And then you would see this image. You'd be like, whoa, what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, obviously with this one, you just I mean, it's perfect because you just found out like, oh, Harry's name gets called. And it's like him just like, ah. yeah. yeah, I'm editing yeah. a book right now where like at <laughs> the last chapter is called like and then she like wins and takes her throne back. It's called like something really transparent. And I'm like, hey, we can't put this in the table of contents. <laughs> Oh my, God, right. oh my gosh. Because I think it was Mary Clay who was looking at the table of contents of The Hobbit and it was something about like something like it's something. So yeah, uh where are we? Um wait, at we haven't started beginning. yet. We haven't <laughs> started yet. Okay, so the last chapter left off uh with like Harry Potter, <laughs> like <laughs> his name coming out of the Goblet of Fire and Dumbledore announcing it that's a choice that Dumbledore made to announce it and so that's his problem yeah strong move not necessarily the right move or a good move but it's a strong move to just go ahead and read that out to everyone present yes I I mean okay so then there's no applause and McGonagall goes over to whisper urgently to Dumbledore and I feel like she's like Albus why the fuck did you read that out loud Jesus Christ (laughs) I really feel like this is something that you should have, you know, brought to the other adult's attention before bringing it in front of the attention of the entire assembled body. I just think we need to have that meeting now because we neglected to have it before and you've already said the thing. So now let's go have that meeting, okay? Yeah, I... I just, I love this. She's so, like, pragmatic. She's so just, like, trying to get ahead of this problem yeah. before. And it's like, yeah. it's already too late. It's, too it's late. so fucking late. <laughs> Their dynamic is, like, when Sean and I are playing D&D and I'm, like, sneaking into somewhere. And he his character always just, like, wanders straight into a place, like, <laughs> screaming. Because that's just the kind of person Sean is. And it's like, hey, that's a choice you made, okay? You didn't have to make that choice. I think that your use of the word pragmatic, Michael, is like spot on for McGonagall. Mm. And frankly, I be- I think that if she was the headmistress of headmistress of this school, Harry would never ever oh, have competed no. in this yeah. tournament. No, oh yeah, exactly. She would have been like, she would have been like, and that's it. And then like, just like, not I'm not, I don't want this boy to get hurt. Yeah. When they were like, but Minerva, it's a binding magical contract. Minerva would have been like. Okay, come first task. Harry sits patiently on the side of the field, does not engage the dragon, just waits for the time to expire. Second task. Harry stands at the top of the tower, (laughs) never enters the lake, does not dive into the lake. Third task. Harry stands off to the side of the maze. He has a nice little bouquet of flowers. Like, he's ready to welcome the winner when they're crowned. Like, he's going to be participating. (laughs) He's just, just like, token Hogwarts. It's like cheerleader. He's he's Cedric's number one fan. That's what he is oh if Minerva my God, is the headmistress. Somebody write this fan. <laughs> there, there'd be no story <laughs> if this no, is what happened. It would be right? an but amazing like, story because it would be Cedric doing. Like Cedric would still win. Yeah, we would. We would just like, care about what Cedric does. Whereas, like in this book, we don't care what Cedric does. 
I I feel like if that happened though, it's like like the, the end of the book, right? It would it would cut back to like Voldemort. He'd be like, rats! <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? Foiled you know? again. It's like, yeah, foiled again. And it's like, and then it would just continue, and then Voldemort and becomes this like Scooby Doo character. Yes! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what this would be if that's what happened. You know. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, okay, so question for you guys. Like, question for you guys before we like go any yes. further. Have you guys ever had a moment like this in your life, like where your name was called out in either like a classroom or like this big setting, and then like the spotlight's on you? Yes. What was it? like? Was it like? What was your goblet of fire moment? <laughs> of your life? Well, That's I mean, a big I, I had I had this moment, but it was nowhere near as dire of consequences. But. My ninth grade year, I won, well, actually ninth and 12th grade, I won my department medal for social studies at my high school. And right. they have a tradition that the way it works is that if you win a department medal, they contact your parents, but they don't tell you. Fuck that. Yeah, it's what not good. What if your good. parents like, fucking suck? Well, I mean, yeah. no, no, the, here's, yeah. here's the thing. Like, if the, it actually kind of gets around that because your parents can just say they didn't know, right? Like, oh, they never got in contact with us or something. I don't know. Mm. But anyway, so, like, that day I was going to, you know, we had the big awards assembly. And, like, I remember I, I woke up and I was just wearing whatever I normally wear. My mom was like, why don't you wear this nicer shirt? And I was like, because I don't want to. And she was like, just wear the nicer shirt. I was like, fine. <laughs> and I, like, go to class. And, I, like, I didn't have my, my history homework that day. And my uh, teacher was like, that's not something that, you know, for someone who who is, do, who is, like, a good student, that's not a good trait to have, not doing your homework. And I was like, dude, I miss homework all the time. What are you talking about? But, like, I remember I was sitting in the gym and they call out my name and I just sat there and I sincerely debated whether or not I wanted to stand up and go down. <laughs> Until Hermione pushed you. Yeah, I, I forget who it was, but it was someone Hermione. literally being like, hey, that's you. And I'm like, oh, that is me. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good, Andrew. That's like pretty similar to what Harry's going through right now. Yeah, it, it was, because like, it was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. I guess the same thing with Harry in a way, but like, I, it, it just, it's terrifying to all of a sudden be like, the fuck you say? Like, Huh? <laughs> I don't want to walk down in front of my entire <laughs> school and get a, a literal medal put around my neck that I'm expected to then turn around and walk <laughs> back up the bleachers wearing a literal medal around my... Like, I'm in high school. I don't want to stand out. What the fuck are you talking about? So opposite of exactly what Andrew just said, I my personal answer to your question is that I draw a shit ton of attention to myself all the time without stop. So I've had a lot of spotlights on me. And if something like this ever happened to me and it did not stick with me. What about wow. what about okay. you? Have you ever had a goblet of fire moment? Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of did. And it was like weird, though, because it was like it was like a moment of praise from a teacher. Oh. So I, I, had a, I had a professor in college, uh, Professor Newman, and it was, it was like my first history class <laughs> where like you had to like write a paper like you go and do your own research and write a paper. It was like, you know, up until then, it just been like. Here's a history class. Here's some books. Take this multiple choice test. Ooh, there's essay response. You know, like, it's like, this, we got out of that, like, testing area, and it was just like, all right, and, like, write us some shit. And I, I turned in a rough draft for a paper, and it was just, like, the first day back from, like, the weekend where we all turned in our papers. <laughs> and my teacher just, like, she start my professor, she starts the class, and she just, like, it's like everyone gets seated, and she's watching, and she goes, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have a writer in the room. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then everyone kind of oh like God. Aw- everyone kind of like awkwardly looked around that at each other. That explains so much actually about your personality that that <laughs> moment happened to you. And she was like, and that writer is Michael Boothby. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone kind of like they're like, huh? like it was like kind of like this half clap, <laughs> but also people were like, what, like what, like what? The-? And I was just like. And then my professor went on to spend the rest of, like, the 50 minutes of the lecture explaining what a bell curve was. And, like, <laughs> oh, was, like she's like, Here, here's the bell curve of, like, skill, like, writing. And that she's, like, is so fucking funny. Here's how dude. Michael Boopy is statistically better than all of you. <laughs> yeah. This is what we call the 99th what, percentile. Oh I put Michael Boothby firmly <laughs> in the 99th percentile. Well, that's what she said. She was like, some of you are up here and she's like you know like and and you know up here it's it's like it's like you're you know you're very good but like you know now if you want to get better it's all about style and these like small intricate things and she's like and some of you are are down here and and that's not a bad thing there's so much to learn (laughs) she was like there's so much to learn and you can grow a lot faster you know it was like but it was it, it was so uncomfortable i was like on one hand i'm like Ah, validated. I guess I'm a good writer. But on the other hand, I was like, I guess I'm going to have no friends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because now everyone in this class, like, thinks I'm, like, this, like, this, like, weird dude. And I was like, uh. Also, pro tip, kids. If someone gets that compliment in a college class that you're in, study with that person. <laughs> yeah, it's easy make, to make friends. That who, Anyone who gets recognized for being smart by the professor, that's who you talk to. That's your study group. <laughs> it's true. Honestly, the closest thing I've ever had to a goblet of fire moment is probably saying something dumb and drunk and loud to a group of people at a party and then realizing that everyone was looking at me and being like, what happened? <laughs> Now, when has that ever happened? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, that's going to be the name of my memoir. And it's, like, long and blustery. Like, it's just, like, a terrible name for a memoir. Wait, what, wait, what would be the name? Wait, I, it the wasn't name? even a good sentence. It was, like, uh, wait, I'll have to just play it again because I don't remember already because I've been smoking weed. No, it would be named <laughs> asterisk record scratch noise asterisk oh me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> okay. All right. Guys, this is a Harry Potter podcast. Dumbledore. Right. So here's what I think happened. I think Dumbledore, I know that we always see him acting calm, cool, and collected, but I think that when he reads Harry Potter's name, it's like that was a panic response. I think Absolutely. that he like said it without thinking. Um, he like forgot there was a magical microphone in his face. And I think that like, well, after that, you can't just be like, wait, 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 never mind, stay there. Cause like you've already said it. So you have to like get him to come with you to figure it out. So it's like, come on up. You have to walk all the way up now. So like I just imagine it now. Harry Potter is going to remain seated along with the other <laughs> classmates. Uh, Harry, we don't need you. I know, I, I, I know, see, previously, everyone, I had talked to Harry and been like, hey, Harry, if something weird happens and, like, a fourth piece of paper flies out, <laughs> I might need you. I might, like, be ready. I like to make Harry feel important. That did, that's not what this is, though, Harry. So, Harry, yes, remain looking confused and seated. That is the best way to proceed. <laughs> Um, Uh, no, he, okay, he... Harry Potter? (laughs) Hermione has to push him, and then he, Harry walks up and goes through the side door, 
everyone is like unsmiling. That's the thing is it's like if you're <laughs> there if was you're haggard, no applause. If you're Dumbledore, like be like, hey, it's gonna be like we're gonna figure it out. Like don't worry, like it's gonna be okay. Like everyone's just like staring at him and like staring and glaring are like kind of the same thing. Everyone is just like look like the weight of all of these gazes upon mm-hmm. him. I hate it. Ah, oh, that's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's so bad. It's definitely bad for someone like Harry, who is just so, uh, so, so introverted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The, the, the worst part about it is the very next scene is one of, you know, like when you read a book, there's going to be those moments in the book that for whatever reason just resonate with you. And like that mental image just sticks with you. Like certain scenes are just locked in. And the scene of Harry walking in and finding the other three champions who aren't even like, they're only three years older than them, or four years older than them. Like they're not adults themselves, but they're three just, to four. Yeah, they're just older enough, and they're standing with the fire and the sh- like. That scene yeah. has always been ingrained in my mind, just because you're so confused, you're so unsure, and then you see what to you it's like when you're a freshman and you're looking at seniors. They look like adults. Oh my god! And so you're looking at these guys and gal, and they're just like looking epic. They look like action heroes, like leaning against the mantle or both hands behind their backs, you know, just, ah, it's always stuck in my head. And I like that feeling would just be so diminishing. You would just want to sink into the ground all again. Yeah. Yeah. If this was shot as like a different kind of movie, there would have been a fun, dramatic, almost like a superhero zoom on them. Uh, It's standing in front of the fire there, you know, just looking tall. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the difference between 14 and 17 is significant. And Harry is a baby. Mm-hmm. He's four, is he 14 in this? He's always the the age of the number of the book. Oh, Plus so 10, helpful. though. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. He's a baby. 14. You know, the Goblet of Fire. And we haven't heard him, we haven't witnessed him learn any good spell. He knows how to do Expecto Patronum, which has a very specific skill set. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a main spell. It's right. like such an obscure spell. Yes, it's like, you know when you like upgrade your skill like tiers in a video yeah. game, it's like instead of doing any of your like basic stuff, it's just like doing like the <laughs> highest one in this like random category. And it's like, why? That was a waste of a point. No. You need to know how to shoot an arrow first. I, no, he's not. Harry's not using his skill points. Right. Well at all no, I, I really like to imagine that he actually like the one spell that he knows really well. I mean, we know he knows Expelliarmus, but like the one other spell that he specked into in Defense Against the Dark Arts is that bullshit Flipendo spell that they had in all the video <laughs> games. That's, that's Flipendo. One. Oh my god, Flipendo. Wait, you say Flipendo. Oh my god, just, like, that's just like un- yeah, yeah, the same. Un- you just memories. ignited a bomb. I remember yeah, that yeah. game, and I was like, "What the fuck like, is Flipendo?" It's just enough to like cause annoyance, like yes. break a mirror, or like. Ooh, like make someone like <laughs> like flip ooh, something like, over. Yeah, it's a non-violent spell. It's like a imagine. it's like a bonking spell. Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, don't worry, gang, flipendo. <laughs> it's so cute. Okay, okay. So in this moment when Dumbledore is just really fumbling this whole situation, he's like, "Oh no, Harry Potter! Oh, come up here!" And then he's like, "Go into that side room." Okay, like that whole this whole time, like, what is Dumbledore? 
thinking. Shit, 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 shit. <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't see. The thing is, like, I don't, because, like, 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 we already had this conversation earlier, right? Like, if McGonagall's headmaster, she would have never even allowed this to happen. Right. But there's, like, this, this, like, kind of, like, not sick, but this part of, like, Dumbledore where he kind of is, like, feels like he's Harry's coach. And I feel like he's, like, I want to see what he does. You know? He's, like, ooh, my quarterback's in the game. Like, how will he get through this? Like, he kind of wants to see like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like he has that curiosity about him. He's always had that about Harry. Just like very interested in his ability. So like almost more like a, uh, oh, what an interesting development this right. is. Let's, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> but, but I will say like, the, I think the positive part of that though is like, I feel like his confidence in Harry. He knows now from like, from especially the past three years of watching Harry, that he's like going to find a way to make it work, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I think I don't know. Th- this is very far in the future but like one of i think everyone's you know favorite moments is that moment that dumbledore is weakened in the sixth book and harry's like don't worry and dumbledore's like I- i'm not worried i'm with you right Aww. up until that moment i think dumbledore has always had the other feeling like i'm not worried about harry because harry's with me and so i think this is him like if you're right michael i could totally see it because i think it's him mm. just sitting there like it's okay we'll get through this like this is interesting. If this that's is- the case, then he should make any kind of facial gesture to Harry to be like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like a thumbs up. Like, like a- he kind of, yeah, he doesn't really kind of interact with Harry at all. If you even just like literally thing. move your body slightly, it'll be like better than just standing completely still and staring him down. I think I think that's what like I think that's the most brutal part about this chapter is that like Harry really gets no reassurance from anybody. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. even like people are hating him, people are talking shit For about him. For one second, Mad Eye like, Moody is like, I don't hear Harry complaining, but then Harry doesn't right. get to weigh in at any point about that. He doesn't get to weigh in. And then even when he's walking back, Cedric's like, How'd you do it? And he's like, I didn't. He's like, yeah, okay, buddy. And then, like, leaves. Yeah, he's just, like, lost control of everything so quickly. (sighs) So, Harry goes into this side room. It's, like, a study with portraits in it. Like, what what is this room? It's it's the side trophy portrait storage room, of course. (laughs) With a very large fireplace. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably meant so, like, the king in the castle has, like, a uh, like a little side room that he can pull someone into for a private meeting, you know? Oh, like a parlor. Yeah, like a, like a small parlor, a side That's parlor cool. or something like that. I was going to say, like, maybe the castle used to be smaller, and that was where, like, the kitchen was. That's possible, yeah. Because that's a big castle to just be like, well, let's start with the plan to make it this big. <laughs> like, start with a small castle. You could keep adding more castle. I love that it just it felt like the um like you know it's like at a public school how they have like the teachers lounge. Oh yeah. That's what this felt like to me. It was like big teachers lounge energy. They do have a staff room <laughs> elsewhere in the do castle. They? Yeah. Oh they do. We don't know okay. much about it. There's a wardrobe because Harry and Ron hide in it in Chamber of Secrets and then we have a headcanon that Flitwick has an elaborate liquor cabinet in there. Yes. That makes sense. That rings true. So Fleur Delacour mistakes Harry for like a messenger. She's like, 
what? I'm not going to do a French accent. I was, for a split second, my brain was like, do it. And then my mouth was like, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> but she's like, what? Do they need us back in there? And he, he literally cannot produce speech. He's just like, uh. Yeah, and I, I'm going to stop you right here, Tina, because I know that we think Dumbledore had a bad way of introducing the situation. <laughs> but I think Ludo Bagman's way of introducing <laughs> the situation also is like warranting of a of a talking about because it's yeah. like carnival sideshow Barker walking up like, Oh, you want to know who this is? Why this is the fourth champion. Yeah. Like, um, he, yeah, he just hypes he's him extremely up. stoked. Yes. Yeah. Which like, if you really think about what's going on, it's actually really fucked up because it's what, so fucked up. Yeah, Cause Bagman's like, I'm going to make so much money. <laughs> Which is, like, really ridiculous. Like, the audacity of Ludo Bagman to think that Harry could beat all of these big kids. Mm-hmm. Because he he thinks he's going to, like, you know, Ludo is going to beat the children. He's just going to use Harry to do it, you know? I can't can't believe him. Ludo Bagman is one of my favorite characters in this series. I think he's very fun. He's, like, a very shitty guy, and I enjoy every single moment we spend with him. I wonder if there's a lot of background lore on him, because he would be a great bastard for Behind the Magical Bastards. You are right that he would, but I I doubt there's enough about him. Yeah. I I, I will say, I've only now reread, like, two chapters from Goblet of Fire that have... But they both featured Ludo Bagman... And I'm like, like they. How is this guy not written into this into the script for the movie? Like he's, he's so fun, fun, but he's a he's red a herring. So we, you don't need a red herring, I guess. I technically, guess. Yeah. why not though? I don't know. It's like it just would have added. Just he just. I don't know. After read, especially this chapter. That movie yeah. is long. I think Goblet of Fire could have benefited from being split into two movies. As the, I know you. I know that would have been like really rough to do in the yeah. middle of producing a series. Uh, with like all child actors, but I think that a, a lot of stuff was taken out that could have made for a more three dimensional film. Absolutely, I think so. This is. I'm just even looking to see if um how much there is on Ludo Bagman. Yeah, like does that? My test is: does it say what Hogwarts house he is? No, there's not enough. I don't think. Okay, well, we'll oh. talk about this more later. He is a bastard, though, but he's, like, a fun bastard. Like, I wouldn't be, like, afraid of him. I just... Right. I, like, I'm just watching you fail. I don't really feel bad for you. Like, you're being really nice to me the whole time. Yeah, he's not a monster. He's just a giant grifter, right? Like, to, no, like I, w- I wouldn't even, like, call him a grifter, though, because he, like, really sucks at it. And he doesn't even have, like, elaborate <laughs> plots or anything. He's kind of just, like, a, a struggling, shitty gambler with, like, con man tendencies. <laughs> uh... Here's some gold for you guys. Don't don't worry. This is gold. Yeah, he's just like taking it one step at a time. Yeah. Um. So basically, <laughs> Ludo is like, well, it's magically binding. I don't know what to do about it. And then every like he ran because everyone else comes behind him. So like Ludo Bagman like ran to get there. So like it's the Crouch, the the Crouch. It's the crouch. Barty Crouch Senior. It's the the headmasters from all three schools and Snape and McGonagall, the deputy headmistress and her deputy headmister. Did did either of you watch Dragon Ball Z growing up? I didn't, and it's a regret of I, mine. I feel like I can't go back. Yeah. Well, I would catch episodes. Okay, um, I have always had an issue with a character from this book because Karkaroff. The headmaster, headmaster of Durmstrang. Yes, I always say Kakarov, because in 
Dragon Ball Z, Goku's real name is Kakarot. So, Mm. like, I've always been saying Kakarot, and then I only realized this read-through that I keep in my head saying Kakarot instead of Karkarov. So I just want to go ahead and get out there and blame Dragon Ball Z for that. (laughs) For any time you might hear me say the name Karkarov as Kakarov, because I'm not going to stop it. It's just going to happen. Kakarov, I hardly know her. Ha ha! Hey! hey, hey. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) So, everyone is saying a lot of words, and they're all very mad. I'm moody. (laughs) Snape's first words of the book are extremely cunty. Oh, he is, yeah. He's a real dick. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Snape can read minds. Minds. (laughs) Snape, in this moment, there is no way around the fact that Snape it can read Harry's mind in this scene. He knows that he's innocent and he knows that he's panicking and he still says the shittiest thing he could Slytherin. possibly do for the situation. Slytherin. No, that is not resourceful. That's evil. He just slitherins the fuck out of it. What him. if he doesn't read his mind, though? What if Snape understands that morally it is wrong as fuck to there's read no way in this mind? moment that, that makes no fucking sense. No, Come on. This is, there's nothing. No, he's just angry. He's just like he gets it has he's an mad. excuse he's to just be upset at Harry and he'll take he's it every mad time. At James and he's he's still mad at James. Exactly. Okay. It's so unfair. <laughs> so let's talk about the elephant in the room. Calmly. Calmly. Dumbledore said calmly. Calmly. Okay. You mean the greatest, the greatest acting that anyone has ever done in a Harry Potter movie? The truest portrayal of the text as written? Okay. So, in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, the book says, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Dumbledore said calmly. And he, here is an audio clip from the movie. Harry! I protest! Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Okay. So... It's, uh, this has bothered people. Does this discrepancy bother y'all at much, as much as it bothers the internet? Does he, wait, does he not say it, does he not say it calmly? And I wish we played the Harry is a of the goblin! That was a great impression, but I'm still gonna, oh, I'm still okay. gonna play it. Is it just, it was, yeah, it was the new Harry Potter guy. Yeah, the new actor. Yeah, he was way too intense here, I think. He like throws him into a stack of trophies. It's like the most. I I found a YouTube video that's just him saying, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire on repeat for 10 seconds? (laughs) Okay, so does this. I mean, do we care about this? I hate, yeah, I hate this. This performance is terrible. You can't even, you you can't, he's all the word. uh, It's like one word. Breathe, dude. So, um, this actor is named, uh, Richard Harris. Um, I said Michael Gambon. That was Michael Gambon's the first Dumbledore. Yeah, the OG um, Dumbledore. Richard Harris is notor like uh, infamous, notorious for like bragging that about like I'm not going to read these books. Like yeah. I just want I want my interpretation of Dumbledore to be like pure. And I, I um. for the most part, I don't think that mattered. Like for the most part, I think he's a pretty good Dumbledore. But it's moments like this where it's like I I see that you have misunderstood this character entirely. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think he was just too intense. Like even it's like, and it, it kind of worked for the later films because like Dumbledore had to be intense. But I feel like OG Dumbledore just had like that gentleness to Gentle. him that I am. Yeah, like he was just very graceful. All of his like and, speech, it says that he like says it softly all the time. Yeah, and Dumbledore too just felt like really gruff. He was like really no nonsense, yeah. Dumbledore, and like I just yeah, I don't think that's I. I mean. Whatever it ended up being fine, but it was it wasn't the same as yeah. uh, the original. Yeah. yeah. So, do you know why he's calm in the book? No, why? Because he can read minds. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he is a very accomplished legitimate as well. Two people in this room are extremely accomplished legitimates. And let's be honest, uh, McGonagall probably is as well. I don't know. Uh, We've talked about this. Like, maybe she would just be really good at uh, occlumency, like hiding her brain and like not really care as much about reading minds. That's what I think for her. Just like, don't read my thoughts and I won't read yours. Deal. <laughs> she actually has morals. I mean, basically, it's this is a nightmare. Um, so Karkaroff is like, okay, let, let's get these impartial judges' official opinions. And so he asked Bagman and Crouch to weigh in. Um, Crouch, obviously, thinks that they have to follow the rules. And the rules are that this is a magically binding contract, I guess. And so then Karkaroff wants to reset the Goblet of Fire until every mm. school has two champions, but apparently it doesn't work that way. <laughs> the Goblet of Fire just gone out. <laughs> like They're like, sorry, it, it won't be lit until the next but tournament. But the thing <laughs> is that they skipped a bunch of tournaments. Um, So, like, does it know when the tournament is? Does it, like, light up? Yeah. Anyway, like a period, like even when you're even when you're not when you're not wait on <laughs> the, the period analogy died because it's uh, it doesn't make sense go ahead go ahead well i was gonna say it more than likely does and then it just if no one enters then there is no one to choose a champion from right so like, okay wait serious. this goes this goes back to my menstrual cycle analogy because it's the it's ovulation it? sure, and then yeah. if it's like you still ovulate even <laughs> if you, nobody knocks you up much like the Goblet of Fire still ovulates. There we go. It has, has to just go on. It just turns on. I'm like, you can you can put some little papers with some names in me if you want. <laughs> if you don't, I'll see you in a year. Yeah. What if some like sh like kid just puts their name in like for shenanigans on an off year? Yeah, yeah. What do they exactly Will like? Is they this, where die is this? from the magically binding contract? No, then where it's just a they must be protecting. It yeah, it's just a piece something. of paper sitting know. in a cup. Then, because it's not until the first flames go out and it becomes lit that it be that it like enters the acceptance period of the magical contract. <laughs> but so what like, if what if it's in? What if it's ovulating? The, <laughs> the first the first flame to come up is a cleansing flame that clears all dust <laughs> oh, and all oh, uh, all dust and the uh, the what call it uh, any bits of paper or any remaining. <laughs> Like right, is, it's like an incinerator. Yeah, it, it's it's like it's like your oven on self cleaning <laughs> okay, cycle. Okay. Like it's boom, and then after that is when <laughs> the magical like selective flames come up, and then the flames are like, okay, we're gonna choose champion okay. now. 
I understand. I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm reading the book The Goblet of Fire, but it's like what it's like from it's, the Goblet of Fire's point of view manual. when there's not a Triwizard tournament. It's just like oh, what's going on? The Goblet of Fire with that cup? The Goblet of Fire and the sorting hat just like chilling on a shelf. Yeah. Oh, they gotta they, they have they have to have their own like adult swim show. They're just hanging out, <laughs> getting high together with some like the other magical objects. I don't know. Sorting hat has a blunt in his mouth and he just like leans oh, over yeah, and he's he like does. hit me real quick gobby and the yeah, goblet, goblet like sends up one on. flame and lights the blunt he's like thanks bro oh my god I love everything about that oh my god yeah and then there's just there's like portraits just hanging out with yeah. them <laughs> Dumbledore's <laughs> office thing. is a happening fucking place man all year see round. now this sounds like a Pixar movie it sounds like oh a Harry my Potter god. Pixar Jesus, movie you're right. see no one no one who would write who would watch that everyone no one. everyone me, would watch for that for sure yeah yeah, so it's like Goblet of Fire, but it's just the Goblet. It's like Seinfeld. I don't know. <laughs> nothing really happens. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a movie about nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Okay. Uh, okay, so enter the drama, also yes. known as Mad-Eye Moody. So Mad-Eye Moody is, is saying, like, someone put Harry's name into the Goblet of Fire to make Harry compete, and maybe it's because they hope he's going to die. Yeah, he just comes in and just injects yeah. drama it, well, right off the bat. Here's the thing. He's injecting drama, but he's also the first adult to actually vocalize the problem that's really at hand. The problem at hand is not that Hogwarts has two champions. It's not that somehow Harry, you know, is going to be in this tournament. The real problem is that Harry is going to possibly die. Like, this is a huge issue. He's okay. the only one thinking about Harry's safety. Everyone else is just like, we're abiding magical contract and, you okay. know. Okay, okay. Mm. But Mad-Eye yeah. Moody is, is also so confessing his entire, entire plan. plan. Right, yes. that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Where, like, reading it's this now, so I'm like, good. is he just saying this to, like, because he's just, like, this cocky murderer? Because yes. he kind of is. Yes, that is he's exactly like, he's what's like, going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, why... Why? Like, why? Why even put it's so this in other people's brains? All it's what psychopaths do. about the drama. Yeah, he's just like testing his boundaries. Yeah, it's literally just I know I can say this because, like, and it's brilliant because everyone's focusing on Harry. So even the mind yeah. readers aren't going to be like probing old mad eye moody. Yeah. No, I mean, like, he he even's like, he even kind of, like, he's, like, complimenting himself, yeah. right? He's, like, imagining things, am I seeing things? It was a skilled <laughs> witch or wizard who put that boy's name yeah. in. And then everyone's just, like, he's, like, he's just, like, ooh, look how good I am. I'm imagining oh a gosh. scene, like, from the extended edition of Goblet of Fire that doesn't exist, um, where it's, yeah. like, David Tennant having, like, a David Tennant moment in, like, the mirror of his, like, quarters or whatever. And he's just, like, uh, yeah. he's just, like, okay, well, what, okay, when the name comes out of the goblet what does moody do like what does moody say and then he's like i think moody says someone's here doing a plot trying to murder him that's exactly what moody would say all right <laughs> got it <laughs> yeah good see that'd be a cool book that'd be a good book goblet of fire but from his point of view yes i would time. love that like that would how be like really that'd be fun. so cool because it's him now. It's him trying to like not to. It's this whole total anti-hero yes. thing. Oh, and like where's that? He is hustling Where's, and Warner Brothers. Bustling. Warner Brothers, get on this shit. Come on. Come take my fifteen dollars. <laughs> whatever the hell a movie costs nowadays. <laughs> Just make the let, goddamn thing. Let me write. Let me write the B-side Harry Potter movie. <laughs> okay, uh, so it'll never happen. 
Um, so Moody and Karkaroff are like beefing. Moody reminds Karkaroff, he's like, it's my job to think like dark wizards, which you probably know about because you used to be a dark wizard and we have a history. (laughs) Which he's not the only person in the room that used to be a dark wizard. (laughs) Like the crime that he is being accused of literally another person right there did the same fucking thing. Yeah. And I, but, I like Snape, and I say that. like. <laughs> but I think the reason that Moody unduly targets Karkaroff is because Karkaroff ostensibly, like, ran. Yeah, he abandoned when, Voldemort. Yeah, oh. he abandoned Voldemort, but, like, Snape didn't. Like, yeah. ostensibly didn't. There's a lot of ostensibility yeah. here. So I think mm-hmm. that Moody's like, I'm going to I'm gonna stay on Dumbledore's good side and leave Snape alone. But, like, Karkaroff's here, and I'm going to have some fun. Yeah, I'm going to fuck with this kid. <laughs> Um, okay, so Dumbledore gives the final verdict. Who let him do that? He's like, uh, Harry has to compete, and like, I guess just R.I.P. Free Will. Uh, we don't have that. <laughs> Everyone is extremely mad, except for Ludo Bagman, who is absolutely stoked. Probably because, his, yeah, his plan has solidified over the past five minutes. Yeah, how, how am I going to actually pay back all those people that I paid with Goblin Gold because I do not think very far ahead? Oh, perfect. I will place more wagers on the obvious underdog, the 14-year-old surrounded by 17-year-olds. Yeah. And then he likes those odds. <laughs> I am unofficial. And everyone knows that, but everyone's still going to let me place these bets because, you know, I would never, you know, influence the happenings. <laughs> it's the stupidest damn thing in the world. <laughs> That sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so Barty Crouch like starts saying the instructions. He Barty Crouch looks ill. And when it's his turn to talk, he s- sort of snaps out of a reverie. He, as we know, like at some point falls under the uh, imperious curse. I think that's now, right? Because his son has oh, escaped. His son got the wand, yeah. I wonder if he like feels the curse more now that he's like in the same room probably probably as as his son god that must be like the what i don't want to read to keep my sanity is this book from barty crouch senior's perspective oh no 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 no, no, no. (laughs) oh so boring um and terrible boring and terrifying is the worst combination just constantly wondering why you're doing every single action that you do no thank you no, yeah. thank you. So Barty Crouch uh, Sr. is like, the first task is going to be a surprise because it is designed to test the champion's daring. No outside help is permitted. And like, you'll only have your wand. That's what you got. And you'll have to just figure it out. Um, and that's that. So Dumbledore tries to like get everyone to come drink with him. <laughs> yeah. That's, at the end, he's like, hey, nightcap. <laughs> Nightcap! And everyone is extremely mad. They're like, fuck no. Everyone leaves. Except for Ludo fucking Bagman. Well, and Ludo Bagman sounds like fucking Austin Powers right here. He's like, come on, buddy, stay here. Everyone's, it's where it's happening, man. It's all happening at Hogwarts, baby. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Come on, Barty. You know I'm staying. I love yeah. him. I love him so much. All exclamation marks. I, w- I would like, uh, if I were a middle-aged, single ministry employee, I would sleep with him and hate myself for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Harry and Cedric leave together, which like bold of Harry, because I'd be terrified of Cedric right now. Um, because I like took your glory. Yeah. Harry like doesn't even his brain is operating at like two percent right now, and yeah, it's just, it's just it's, panic. It's nothing he's shell shocked. Yeah, yeah. He, he is completely shell shocked. Um. Cedric is like, oh, nice. We're playing each other again. I love him so much. He's my favorite son. (laughs) But then he asks Harry to confess. How did you get your name in the Goblet of Fire? If you guys were Cedric, what would you like? What would you think? Would you think that Harry had gotten his own name in somehow for the glory? Probably. Probably. I feel like they both have that like competitive edge. And I feel like if Cedric were Harry, like he'd probably try to do the same thing. Hmm. I don't think I would, because for everything that happens in this chapter, Harry consistently acts in a way that says, I'm terrified and confused. And, like, Harry is a lot of things. He's not an actor. So I just, I if I was Cedric, the moment that a fourth champion walks in, you're going to be focusing on that fourth champion. And if every single thing that he does says that he's a scared little 14-year-old kid... I'm probably going to assume he's actually a scared little 14-year-old kid. Yeah. I might I might ask him, but especially like the way that it's written, Harry sincerely is just like, I have no clue. I I'm very trusting by nature, so I probably would be like, okay, I believe you. Yeah, I am I am also very trusting by nature. Um I think I'm with you. I think that if I had been observing his body language, um and the fact that he like did did not speak, I'm pretty sure like once that whole the whole rest of the chapter, I think I would probably not really I'd be like, uh, whatever it is, he uh is not happy about it. So let's just not talk about it. Yeah, exactly. If nothing else, I would drop it. Yeah. Like yeah. at least he has the good graces to do that, because I would have been like, okay. They weren't like good friends, were no, they? Hard they no. were like kind of acquaintances, right? Because I was gonna say, like, right, it, it feels like a good friend. They're like, friend of me. Really, Okay, yeah. So I was say, like, really kind of lack an emotional intelligence. Like, <laughs> well, right? Like, well, see you then. <laughs> like, Harry's, I mean, like, kind of sad. I, he's showing he's kind of sad, doesn't really know what's going on. He's just like, all right, bye, dude. Cedric is not subtle, I don't no. think. No, he's not. Um. So Harry goes up to the common room, and his <laughs> thoughts are spiraling. He's thinking about... Think about Voldy. He's, he's like having a panic attack. He is, I think yeah. he probably is having a straight really up is. panic attack. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, right. it's, it's, it's like really anxious. Oh, yeah. And then uh, uh, the worst thing <laughs> in the world is that Gryffindor receives <sighs> him enthusiastically to say the least. It's, they're like raging. They are literally raging. Um, No one wants to hear anything he has to say like it's almost like like he got to the party three hours late and everyone's too drunk for him to like really communicate with yeah yeah that's what he's also like a celebrity he's like a celebrity and everybody wants to party with him. and like i can't believe that like for example angelina is like oh if it's not me at least it's a gryffindor and it's like no bitch like he like you (laughs) this is a child yeah like you you could have been like the right kind of him. Like he's, this isn't right. This isn't like, don't, whatever, dude. They're all. But see, if it's like, right. And while, like right before, like right as this is all happening, he's like, who would want me dead? He's like, oh, oh, oh yeah. fucking, that fucking Voldemort oh, yeah, guy, that guy who just fucking hates the guy me. Who tried to this kill has me. always hated me and every year tries, yeah, to, kill tries me. to kill me every year. And that's not including the time that I was a baby. Um, 
Yeah, uh, it's bad. He's like, no, he's he's far away. He's on an island. He's weak. And he's like, wait, but I had that fucked up dream. Keep having these fucked up dreams, and they're kind of real. Probably means nothing. Like, uh, not to worry. God, I mean, I only encountered him two of my three years at this school. I'm sure it's <laughs> not going to happen again. No, it was all. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, you're right. But they in third year there was the prophecy. That's true. The he prophecy. did. Oh, he's always around. Like, like Voldy. He's always on my mind. You know, like he's just. He's yeah. just there. He's just yeah. like, in the shadows. Yeah. He's just in he's the shadows. The it's setting. other people. Just like <laughs> waiting to reach him. until he's not. Yeah. <laughs> until he's in the <laughs> foreground. Yeah. So yeah. no one's listening to Harry. Be like. Uh, I don't want to party. I and then yeah. I'm like at some point I'm like this is your problem, Harry. Like just get out of there. Like handle the situation. He well, he doesn't know boundaries. He has no sense <laughs> of true. boundaries at all, or like standing up for himself. Yeah, and so yeah. like Ron and Hermione are mysteriously missing. So finally, Harry has to like literally scream that he's tired and like run away. <laughs> <laughs> Which like have I ended a party like that? Yes. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there are more elegant ways. He's not even drunk. You know, sometimes yeah. when you're that drunk, there He's isn't a more elegant way. No, there was no elegance. It's like, because he could have walked in and been like, thank, thank you, everybody. But I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Mike really <laughs> no, knows how to, to escape spend. a party. Yeah, yeah. I I did. I, I, I Irish goodbye to party last weekend. I showed up. I had a great time. As soon as I stopped having a great time. I just left. <laughs> I just walked down. When Sean and I go down to Virginia Beach to party with our school friends, when we, when it's time to leave, I am always like, can we please not say goodbye? Because it's all of them, and they all never get to see us. And I'm like, we can't. Oh, my God. You'll never We can't leave. do the, the party loop, dude. We have to just thank the host no. and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, get out of the right. Dodge. Right. Yeah. I, um. So yeah. Uh, when Harry gets up to the dormitory, um, this is like – like I, this is the most nightmarish part of this scene to me is mm-hmm. like the slow realization that like your best friend is is like really not supporting you um ron is yeah andrew is doing a terrible face right now ron is at first harry is like he's smiling but then when he looks closer he realizes that ron is like grimacing <laughs> Um, I would love, I, I know that, um, Rupert Grant probably didn't have, like, quite the mastery of, like, this range of face mm. acting at that time, but I wish they'd yeah. leaned into this, because instead in the movie, what they did was that dramatic zoom in on Ron's face, and, and like, the rage music, at, and, like, his face is just so angry, like, as Harry's walking up to the, yeah, it's to a the bit stage, much. or whatever it's called. The bed. <laughs> what? You said walking up to the stage, but isn't... Oh, oh, you mean... I meant in uh, the movie. Uh, it's not the stage. Uh, uh, it's like the front of the the teacher. T- you know what I'm saying? The front. Yeah. The place. Yeah. The podium. The, he goes up. So... It's just too much. It's the same as like with like with um, Dumbledore in the movie. This is like anger. Or intensity. It's like what happened to subtle Yeah. Tests? Just chill out. <laughs> chill out a bit. Yeah. yeah. So Harry insists... That he didn't put his name into the Goblet of Fire and someone did it to him. Um, But Ron doesn't want to believe this, so now we're fighting. I I do have to give Ron a little bit of credit. Because the way that it reads to me is almost like he's not mad that Harry didn't tell Ron. He's mad that Harry didn't tell Fred and George. 
Because I think on some level, Ron knows he would never be able to win. Oh, yeah. But if Fred and George could win, that would mean huge things for his family. And so, like, this reading, I gave Ron a lot more credit. Because, like, even though he's being a shitty friend, like, the anger is at least logical. It's not like, I could have won this for... No, he's like, you know, Fred and George couldn't get past it, but somehow you did. Why didn't you tell me? Right? Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too far into it. But to me, it almost sounds like he's saying... Not because he, Ron, was going to be able to ever beat the Triwizard Tournament, but maybe Fred or George could. I, I definitely, like, buy that interpretation. I also don't, I don't know. I mean, Ron is pretty reactive, and, like, he yeah. his emotions are usually, like, you know, the emotional range of a teaspoon. Yeah. So I can also just yeah. see, like, the blind rage angle. I'm the kind of person where I'm like, it doesn't really matter like why you're feeling this way. Like your friends having a hard time. And so your responsibility is to just support them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ron kind of sucks. This whole book is hard. Um, in the prisoner of Azkaban, Ron spends the entire book fighting with Hermione. And in this one, he spends the entire book fighting with Harry and yeah. Then we spend all of Order of the Phoenix with Harry fighting with literally everyone at every turn. And then um, back in books, uh, in seven, it's back to Ron versus Harry. Oh, really? Yeah. When they go camping and they do the, the run on the run and in the forest. Of oh, Dean yeah. And and oh, Ron I thought you said book six. Fight. No, I said book seven. My bad. Oh, in book seven. six, it's Ron versus yeah, he, like, Hermione he's... again. Oh, you're right. You're it's right. never... For the record, Hermione versus Harry. It's for more than like a second. It's never. It's always wrong. Yeah. There's friends who are just antagonistic, you know. Well, that's why it breaks Harry when in the forest of Dean after Ron leaves, she like becomes despondent. Is because yeah. at that point it's like, oh my god, I've lost Hermione. I've lost my goddamn Rock of Gibraltar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what did he do that whole time? Where, where did he go? He was wandering, dude. Because he, he like was, like was it van life? He couldn't basically because he like couldn't find them again because they were under a lot of protective spells. So he spent like that whole time like trying to follow them. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there <laughs> in um twenty twenty five. I did Holy the schedule. Shit. Yep. Um, twenty twenty five. Um. So that's it. Is there anything in this chapter that we didn't touch on or any themes you want to drive home? No, uh, I think I think we pretty much hit everything. Harry's a sad, scared boy, and every adult besides McGonagall is acting either inappropriately or poorly. And then every other child, because they're children, is acting also inappropriately. <laughs> yeah. This is actually, it's one of the few chapters where I really feel bad for Harry because a mm -hmm. lot of the time it's just like Harry foot in mouth just like fucking everything up and I'm like, I don't have any pity for you. Yeah. You, you like you chose this life but like right now for this chapter no he this is just happening to him and he's a baby and no one is looking out for him yeah i will say compared to the last chapter i was on which was what was that bagman and crouch yeah which you know it's like is that 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 scene felt very much just like like a scene in a sitcom <laughs> right it was just like this like these things happening and it was like kind of weird and like harry's just kind of observing it. Like, nothing really happens yeah. to harry and this is the total this is like the whole scene is like like honestly rereading this like now at this age i was like i was really affected by it because it was he it was such an anxious moment for yeah. him and really this is like kind of the inciting incident of the whole it book is. 
Yeah. It's like the goblet of fire. We right. finally get to it. And then, oh, Harry's name is in. And then, like, the the, the castle explodes <laughs> with emotion and no, drama. No, it explodes. Right. No, but it's like, because up until that point, everything's going according to plan. And now it's all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And no one knows what to do. So it's like, it's such an exciting chapter. And then, like, you're left with just, like, at the end with Harry. And it's like... He can't catch a break from anyone. It's like, for me, finishing this chapter is like, God, like, I don't want to wake up tomorrow as Harry. Yeah. Oh, God, everyone's talking about you. Ever, so many people hate you. You might die. And you're like, oh, it's just, it was just going to be a normal year at school. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, it definitely would be hard to get up the next day. <laughs> yeah. Not envious yeah. of Harry in this next chapter. This <laughs> definitely is the kind of chapter where it would be hard to read on a bad mental health day. Like, if you're already feeling anxious and you're like, I'm going to snuggle up with some Harry Potter, this ain't it. <laughs> Go back to Sorcerer's Stone because this ain't yeah. it. This ain't it, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. This is what yeah. we call a bad move if you think that this is going to make you feel better. Yeah. Exactly. Well, are we ready to move on to plugs? Yes. Okay, great. Sure. I would love to start by plugging our Patreon for as little as a dollar <gasps> a month. You can join our Discord server, which is a super fun place to be. And for the $5 a month tier, you get monthly bonus episodes. And on this month's bonus episode, me and Andrew and Leela talked about the Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. <laughs> My favorite thing I've ever read. Um, which was extremely fun. Honestly, oh, I was going to say if you enjoyed our My Immortal episode, you'll enjoy this one. But if you enjoyed our My Immortal episode, you're already a you're patron. Already patron, yeah. <laughs> a patron. I said Patreon. I, sometimes I call the patrons Patreons, and that ain't, that ain't right either. That's not the look. And also, real quick, I just wanted to plug uh, a friend of a friend's small business on Etsy. It's called Jade Rain Creations, and the entire time I've been sitting here, I've been smelling the Ravenclaw scented candle from their shop. Um, it, it actually says Ravenclaw, the scent is the restricted section. Um, so there was different scents for different houses, but the Hufflepuff one was like, I don't know, bu butterbeer, like whatever. But the Ravenclaw one was the restricted section, so I had to get the Ravenclaw scent. So I'm gonna link that in the show notes. They have um they have candles and like wax melts and like some new like beauty products and some cute little crochet things like wine necklaces. I'll link it in the show notes. Check them out. Noise. Andrew, what do you have to plug this week? Well, I'm sure this will come as a surprise to very very few people, but uh, Robert Evans has released a new podcast. It's a limited run series called The Assault on America, and it's all about kind of leading up to and the day of January 6th. Uh, if you are in a good enough mental state that you're willing to listen to how hmm. a whole bunch of people had a whole lot of bad things happen that led them down a bad road, I highly recommend listening to it. Uh, but only, like I said, only if you're in a pretty good headspace because uh, right. it gets dark. It gets yeah. real dark. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be my plug this week. Awesome. Thank you so much. Michael, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's Michael Boothby. That's that's the handle. Um, I've also I've also got some music out there, guys. I'm trying to get some more music out there. I just created a Spotify artist playlist. I did just drop a song, "The Second Mouse," which was inspired oh by Movie Night Crew. Yes. <laughs> Catch me if you can. I wrote this little electronic song and I sampled Christopher Walken, and I'm like, I'll drop this on Spotify. It's pretty. Iconic. I don't think I have. 
Yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed making it. It sounds pretty cool. I don't think I have any listens or fans or followers. Oh my so god! You can check it out. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, you know. So yeah, I'm on Spotify. My SoundCloud has a little bit more, but I'm trying to record some more music. I promise. Once I get my condo set up and a little more equipment, I'm gonna. I'm gonna produce some stuff and get some more stuff on there. But yeah, if you're into music, check it out. Yeah, and what have you been watching, reading, playing, listening to lately that you think that the listeners would enjoy? I mean, I'm going to have to go with the with Project Hail Mary, um, which was the, the book club book for last month. Was that November? Yeah, November. Yeah, Andy Weir, um, Project Hail Mary. Read it. Just just read it. I'm sure the movie's going to come out with Ryan Gosling. I'm sure it's also going to be amazing, but just, just read the book. It's It's one of the best books I've read in years, science fiction, just, I don't know. Honestly, I've never read a book like it, to be honest. Yeah, um, it was very enchanting and delightful. And original, yeah, which is like, it's so nice yeah. in the era of like, everything's a reboot and, right. and just like, you know, this kind of shit to read something fun, a cool story with great characters that was original. It's like one of those books where I felt smarter while I was yeah. reading it. <laughs> it reminded me of when I was in high school and I would read Dan Brown books and I'd be like, well, I guess you could just call me a history aficionado now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm officially yeah. a symbologist. You realize that's not actually a thing. Like Dan Brown made that up for the book. Yeah, well, uh, now so it is a real I thing because it. that's so me. Sorry. I'm a symbologist now. I love Dan Brown when I was in high school, and a lot of people have made a lot of fun of him to me in my adulthood. And now I can see... All perspectives. I, I still deeply love Dan Brown. I, I love his books. I deeply love Dan Brown, too, but they're, I mean, they're very... Predictable. <laughs> they're like, hey, let's write a book to make dumb people feel smart and buy all the books. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we fell into this trap. Anyway, um, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was a little last minute, and you really saved the day. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Again, I I love Harry Potter. It's always a joy to come back and like read a chapter, especially at this age with like all the experience I have now that I didn't have when I was fourteen reading yeah, this. Yeah, we're yes, so old God. now. So old. <laughs> and to the listeners, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Winter Solstice, Happy Kwanzaa. Hanukkah was a couple weeks ago. Slapping yeah, yeah, New Year's coming up. I'm sure there's a couple that I'm missing, or maybe more than a couple. I don't really know. Um, but it tis the season to do whatever the fuck you want that makes you happy. Um, and I hope everyone enjoys the festivities, whatever they may be. All right, gang, I gotta go finish reading Weasley and Me, Seven Years of Stupid Arguments before this book gets <laughs> mad at me. Bye. 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 The Restricted Section is delighted to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring other amazing podcasts such as Content and Capable. Having recently become an adult, Sam is on a quest to find out how to actually be one. Each week, Sam asks people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Hi, my name is Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But let's be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like, can I still enjoy the kiddie rides at theme parks? And how do I look important and feel relaxed while traveling? Join me as I ask people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Each Monday, myself and a guest will chat about a topic they feel passionate about and our adventures and struggles of being an adult in the real world.
The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Twitter at RestrictedPod, and on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Well done, everyone. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, that, that was very good. I, I, Despite that joke about the fake laughter in the beginning, I found myself laughing more than I usually do during these recordings. I was going to say, you made me kind of think, okay, all right. <laughs> let's see if I can rise to this challenge. You did. You really did. I threw down the gauntlet and you said, hey, you dropped your gauntlet and you yeah, handed hey. it right back to me. <laughs> gauntlet. Oh. Oh. Have you guys played Gauntlet? That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.